Well, good morning, Heights Baptist Church. My name is Randy Hahn, and I, I realize that uh, y'all are probably expecting me to talk about running this morning, but uh, considering most of you are already friends with my dad on Facebook, um, I don't really think y'all would want to hear any more about that. But uh, anyways, I'm going in a little bit different direction this morning, but uh, I, I attend Midlothian High School. I'm a senior there, and I'm a, I'm a senior in the, the youth program here at the Heights, and um, but more importantly, I, I came to a, a saving knowledge of, of Christ at a, at a very young age, and I've been blessed to, you know, grow up in a family, you know, that, that's trying to continually grow in Christ as well. But um, my parents have always sought to use uh, biblical principles in um, raising my, my siblings and I, and, um, you know, these include the basics, you know, like put on, put on Christ-like love, you know, honor your parents, no whining, just, you know, just the basics you hear. But, um, you know, while this is a very helpful strategy in the long run. It can actually be very annoying on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, no, no, hear me out, hear me out. But anyways, you know, I have this thing called misophonia, and it's the, it's the extreme sensitivity to certain noises. And one of these noises for me is the way in which my brother, and especially my dad, eat their cereal. And uh, no, no, they do that thing where like once they've, once they've scooped up, you know, their, their bit, you know, they slurp the milk before they actually take the initial bite, which creates just the most ungodly and unpure sound um, on this planet. No, but, uh, you know, my parents have been, have been teaching me biblical principles to live by, you know, and in my short 18 years of living, you know, I, I've really found that, you know, just by, you know, living and watching life at school and at practice and, you know, home life, the biblical principles really do lead to the best life possible, you know, and before God and before others. So, you know, the three principles that really have, have stood out to me in my time are, are so far in life, you know, running the race of life. And that's work hard, love others, and be positive. And the first principle, work hard, can be found in Colossians 3.23-24. through 24. And that reads, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward, you are serving the Lord Christ. Okay, so right off the bat here, we know we see this commandment to work hard unto the Lord. Now, Paul was, Paul was um, addressing the, he was addressing the slaves of Colossae at the time who were upset about the conditions they were working under. Now, you know, while slavery is never really a good thing, the slavery he's referring to here is is on a on a scale. It's more like it's, it's not like the, the slavery of the 1800s in America. It's more like an employee to an employer relationship more than it is to a slave and a master relationship. But anyways, you know, in context, he's telling them, you know, when you're serving your boss or when you're serving your teacher, you know, a coach, he's saying, you know, whether you like them or not, ultimately you're serving one master and that's God. So, you know, Paul's calling us to serve our, our worldly masters as though we're serving our, our heavenly master. And in 2 Corinthians 5.10, it reads, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So God is letting us know here that we're going to be a judge according to what we do here on this earth. So he's urging us to do everything unto the Lord, so that, you know, we may reap the many blessings of heaven. Uh, recently, I, I had the opportunity you know, of meeting a general, uh, General James Johnson, who's a lieutenant general in the United States Army. And um, he, he, he uh, actually was the last and the second ever general to parachute into combat with, uh, with his troops. 
And uh, he told me the reason he, he was able to make it so far and so successfully throughout the military was that he treated every single job he had as though it were the most important in the world. And, you know, that led from, you know, simple missions all the way to, you know, leading an entire division of the army. You know, and, that, and that, that leads back to that principle, you know, that Paul's urging us to do is we need to do everything to the best of our ability and unto the Lord. God's plan for us is best fulfilled when we honor and serve him as the master and designer of our life. So, you know, this week, show up to work on time. And, you know, when, be prepared for any meeting or test you may have in school. And, when, you know, when your boss tells you or your teacher tells you to do something, you know, do it accurately and do it right then. Serving your worldly masters as though you are serving God serves as a witness and allows people to see God, which leads me to my next principle, which is put on love. And this next principle can be found in Ephesians 4, 31 through 32, and what I like to call the mom verse, because this is the verse my mom always recited to my brother and I after we were done fighting. And it was, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So, okay, so we first see God here telling us to get rid of any anger, hate, bitterness, you know, slander. You know, but not only is he focusing on outward expressions of anger, but he's also focusing on the inward expressions of anger. Because, you know, God says in the Bible to, to hate a man in our hearts is the same as committing murder. Furthermore, you know, he, he, I, I really do believe he addresses, you know, this problem of anger and hate before he gets to the love because he understands the tendency that we as humans have towards, towards jumping towards hate, you know, when something is done to us rather than going to love. Our, our first response is hate instead of love. And then likewise, he, he then turns to love and, you know, he tells us to love others simply because he loved us first. In Romans 5 eight, it says, But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So God gives us this perfect example of tenderheartedness and love and grace you know, that he bestowed upon us rather than what would be his just wrath. You know, therefore, he expects, he expects nothing less of us even with our enemies. Now this verse, you know, it serves as a great daily reminder as to what, as to what God did for us. But I think the most overlooked part of this verse is, is the word demonstrates. You know, not only is he saying, you know, look at what I did for y'all. You know, look at this grace I showed y'all. But he's also saying, you know, I'm demonstrating it to you so that you can go and show that grace to others. You know, God made all of us in his image. So, that, so when we are hateful and when we're disrespectful to others, we're being directly disrespectful to the image of God. My sister, uh, Mary Beth, recently became a, uh, a school teacher, um, and she was, she, was telling, she was telling my family about how, you know, sometimes, you know, some teachers will, you know, talk poorly about their students or be mean to them, and she was, she was going on about how she didn't understand, you know, how you could be rude or mean to these, you know, these kids when, you know, there's a mom out there, there's a dad out there who loves that child enough to, you know, you know, make their lunch every day, you know, get them ready for school every day. And, you know, this really struck a chord with me in that how could, how could I be hateful and how can I be rude to someone when there's a God out there who loves that person enough to send his own son to die for them? You know, there's a God out there willing to sacrifice his own blood so that he can be in relationship with that person. 
So this week, you know, practice putting on love by not speaking, not speaking negatively about people, you know, at, at work and at school. And, you know, when someone, if someone says something to you that, you know, just really sets you off, you know, instead of, instead of responding with anger, you know, take a moment and pray and ask God, how can I show this person love in this moment rather than responding with, with anger? Which leads me to my final point, which is um, be positive. And this can be found in Philippians 2.14. And this reads, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Okay, so complaining is something that I really think comes easily um, to all of us, you know, especially with, you know, this new platform of social media where it's just this new stage that we can just throw our thoughts onto and, you know, everybody gets to see all our, all our whining and complaining. And you know, I think that's why this verse is so applicable and, you know, so timeless. And that, you know, while he's focusing in on an individual generation, you know, in this verse, he's, he's also, you know, he understands the role that complaining is going to play in generations to come. You know, so he's, he's urging us, he's saying, you know, guys, do not whine. You know, whining is a contagious and destructive tool that the devil uses to place distrust in our hearts towards God. When I was a, when I was a freshman, um, at Midlothian, and I, I was doing cross country and track. And the, the captains, the captains that year, the older guys on the team, they they started out with just a little bit. By but by the end of the year, it just seemed as though they were complaining and whining uh, just about everything. You know, from what the coach had to say to a workout we were doing to a race to another team, it just started adding up and adding up. And, you know, but as as time went on, the whole atmosphere of the team, it was just real negative, and it, it was a poison, you know, it affected not only those guys in their running, but it also affected the attitudes of some of the younger guys, you know, some of even the guys that were trying to stay positive, and, you know, but, you know, by the end of the year, my brother and I, you know, we made a pact, you know, we saw the destructiveness it had, you know, we made a pact, you know, when we're, when we're captains and when we're leaders of this team, you know, we're never going to we're never going to, you know, be negative and complain and whine like, you know, like we saw those guys do. You know, and, it, and you know, it taught me the importance of, of staying positive and, you know, keeping a grateful heart and the influence that can have on others. And, you know, sometimes times do get hard and, uh, you know, it gets, life gets tough. You know, of all people, you know, Winston Churchill um, really understood this because, you know, before the victories he, he led Britain to, you know, he, he led them through many dark, dark times with lots of tragedy in them. And, you know, he, he always had that, that saying, you know, you know, keep calm and carry on. You know, it's, it's, it's realistic, but it's also, it, it's this positive, this positive, you know, role of, you know, he, he understood the importance of, you know, if, if, the, if everybody's singing negatively, it's going to affect all around, and there's nowhere you can get with that. He would tell, he would tell his, um, his leaders, he would, he would tell them, if you can't laugh, grin. If you can't grin, keep out of the way until you can. You know, this was just his, his way of understanding, you know, how a negative, how a negative person can, can affect an entire function. And furthermore, he just understood how, how positive, you know, keeping, keeping that, 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 uh, motivation was anyways jeremiah in jeremiah 29 11 through 13 he reads for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and i will hear you you will seek me and find me and when you seek me with all your heart 
So God's plan for us plays perfectly into his eternal kingdom. When we're whining and when we're grumbling, we're telling God we don't trust what he has for us in this moment, but also what he, does, what he has for us in the future. God assures us, you know, times of hardship, they're coming. And he's saying, you know, when those times come, instead of, instead of whining and complaining, you know, look for me, you know, call on to me. So, you know, this week when you, when you go to work and you go to school and you get an assignment or, you know, a task that's, you know, that's difficult or, you know, something at home, you know, bad happens, you know, instead of, instead of you know, whining, complaining in that moment, look, pray to God and ask, you know, what are you trying to show me in this moment? How are you trying to use me in this situation and grow me as a Christian? You know, when we're not whining, it serves as a witness to others saying, not only do I have a God, but I trust in his plans for me. So God's guidelines for us, you know, they're selfless tools that allow us to live out, live out his grace to others and lead a successful and God-demonstrating life. Not only here, but it also helps us benefit in heaven. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for giving us this time this morning. God, I pray as we go into this work week and this school week, God, that we would, we would be demonstrating you, God. You know, we would put on love and we would, we would work hard and we would be positive in everything that we do, God, so that we show you and we show, we show who we are as Christians and as Christ followers. God, I thank you for giving us this day where the, the youth could come and lead and worship God. And I, I pray for your hand on the rest of this day. Thank you for all that you've given us. And um, amen. Amen. That's a fine boy right there. <laughs> <laughs> We have had a, a, a tremendous day all throughout our church. I think close to 100 kids involved, as Will already told you, and you've already seen, you know, everything from greeting to teaching in our classes to leading in worship. I hope you're as excited I, as I am about what's happening among our youth and our ministry there. And, uh, you know, maybe you're new to our church, or maybe you've been here a while, but you haven't, uh, you haven't gotten connected maybe in a second hour with your kids. And uh, I want to encourage you, if you have young people, to get them involved in what's going on here in our children's ministry, in our youth ministry. You, of course, in the video's announcements earlier, you saw some things coming up. But I really want to encourage you to take advantage of youth camp. If you haven't connected with the youth ministry yet, that's coming up here in just a couple of weeks. And it's, it's such an easy way in just a matter of a handful of days to feel like you know the leaders, you've got good friends, you're, you're connected and involved. And really want to encourage you to check that out. There's information at our information desk out there uh, about youth camp. You can go to the Heights Online uh, slash youth and uh, check that out there also. But uh, look into some of those things. It's, as you can see, I hope you see uh, some great things happening in our youth ministry.